just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So this is how it's oh, going to be. a solid backup. Chris has been shitting on Coco all, all year. God, this guy I'm, look, I'm gonna put him in double digit goals. He couldn't even get off the plane properly. He got hurt right yeah. off the but right yet, off the stage. But yet you're making love videos for Robbie Robinson. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 56 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada. Alongside me is Mr. KBD himself. How are you doing, sir? Listen, I mean, we're streaking, right? We're streaking. I, didn't want, I, I don't want to say I told you so, guys, but I kind of told you so, right? You said that we were going to start winning? You did not say that. Uh, yeah, yes, I did. Yes, no, I did. did not. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, Don't lie. I feel like I did. I feel like I said that. You really didn't. And I'm sure the chat will call you out. You never said that. You said that you don't like firing coaches. You never said that, oh, Phil Neville's going to figure it out and we're going to start winning. I'm going undefeated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Esteban Dito hitting us with the Phil Neville on fire. I like that. Peter Broski's on here. Hey, fellas. Yeah. What's going on, Pete? And our man from Toronto, Richard Greenberg. I am sorry about your leaps. <laughs> I am sorry. I know. I know that it must have hurt, but at least you made it to the second round. That was the first time in like two decades. So a positive step forward anyway. But we're going to stick it on the pitch. We're going to stay on the pitch. And uh, like you said, we're streaking. We got five in a row. And I mean, if you're counting the USL. Yes, we're counting it. Victory. We're counting okay, it. Don't we're do count, that. We're counting. Okay, Don't do okay, that. Don't do right, that. We got five in a row. We got five in a row. We got five in a row. And we're feeling pretty good. So I guess we're going to go straight to Saturday. I wasn't at the game. It was uh, the night before Mother's Day, so I decided to go out with my wife and the kids, celebrate Mom's Day early. Uh, but you were at the game. Did you go to the barbecue? Because I know they had a barbecue for season ticket holders. Uh, I didn't make it to the barbecue. I couldn't make it on time to to the stadium. Um, and and luckily so, I, I don't feel like I missed much from what I've been hearing from a couple people. Uh, I would have liked to go. I think it's it's a nice event. Um, from what I heard, it wasn't enough, I guess, in the eyes of a lot of the people that, that are season ticket holders. And apparently this event was for people, were for people that renewed early, not yeah. just renewed period, Correct. which yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks. Like if you renewed, you renewed, like you're investing, I guess if you renew like a week before, what does that mean? Like you're real, like, come on. What, what this means is that you can expect, uh, Hey, renew early email coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh-huh. So that's the way they're pushing it. They're like, okay, we're ready to drop this early renewal email. Let's give them a couple hamburgers and hot dogs and get them excited about early renewals next year. That's yeah. all it really is. I and they got to, I mean, they, they want to get people tied in early, right? Because if Messi doesn't come, a lot of the, a lot of the season tickets are going to kind of deflate, right? Because I think that that's what they're banking on. Everybody's really excited about Messi. We're starting yeah, to win course. again. So let's get them in early. And if we find out Messi's not coming and all of a sudden we start to suck, you know, that, that season ticket thing might go down the drain. But anyway, well, let's not talk about all that stuff. Okay. Well, well, I want to bring up that. I want to. I, I want to bring up that messy thing real quick. I, I wish I would have had time to upload the video, uh, but I saw some video on on Twitter, and I, I wish I could remember who posted it originally. And let me tell you, I I thought it was really weird how that whole messy chant happened like 15 minutes within the game. Listen, not only is it weird that the Messi chant just randomly happened, but it's even weirder. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the hair on outlet is at least the one yes. that you sent me. You sent it to me and the hair on outlet were yes. the ones that, that posted it. So shout out to the hair on outlet for putting that up there because I saw that and I was like, wow, 
this is weird. And not only was it weird that it was out there, but it felt like it was getting piped in through the speakers. So it wasn't even like a natural chant. I swear to you, that's what it sounded like. I remember even after hearing that, I said, wow, that sounds like it's coming way too clearly through the speaker. Like if they wanted to dominate over the, 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 the supporters group. And I felt like that was like subliminally planned in order to like get everybody to chant for Messi. I swear to you. No, the team doesn't want you chanting for Messi. I, I think what that was is do. that they, they have a moment. No, they have those mics by the supporters group so that when they're chanting, it's heard around the stadium. So the supporters groups decided to chant Messi, and that's why you heard it through the speakers. I wasn't there, I'm assuming. But um, I don't think the team wants you to chant Messi. Like we had just scored, we had just gone up one zero. Why on earth would you decide to start chanting Messi's name like three minutes after Dayu Ruiz, our 19-year-old stud, scores his first ever MLS goal? We're feeling good. We're winning. And then we decide to chant Messi. I don't understand. Maybe somebody in the chat will tell me why they randomly started chanting that. And maybe it was pre-planned to go off in the 10th minute because I know Barcelona was doing it because Barcelona's trying to, you know, get Messi's attention to, to get him to go back over there. But again, we're tired of talking about Messi. If he comes, he yeah. comes. If he doesn't, he can go to hell. I don't care if he comes anymore. I really don't. It was just, it was just kind of weirdly placed, weirdly timed. And Andres Castaneda with the with the lawyer picture over here. <laughs> Andres, please let me know that you're a lawyer because I will make sure to. He looks like a trustworthy that. guy. I like for him. sure. He looks like he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's mentioning that he's gonna go to Saudi Arabia for four hundred million. That doesn't surprise me. Get no, you know here, what? I, I don't. I don't think Messi's gonna chase the money like Ronaldo did. I really don't. I don't see it. I um. I think he has enough money. I think he is a little more about the legacy. I honestly do believe that. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's it's silly of me to think that way, but I really do believe that he is. He's more about the legacy than the money. Um. All right. So, let's get into Saturday night. Our, our main man, lawyer picture, Andres, hit us with, we were saved by a 19-year-old David Ruiz. For sure. That was his coming out party. I thought Listen. that he played awesome. I mean, the shot, yes, granted, it took the deflection. So it wasn't the cleanest of shots, the cleanest of goals. But it went in. He had the balls to take the shot, right? Because not everybody would take that shot in a crowded box. He took the shot. He scored. He also had a great assist where he just yeah. basically handed Joseph that goal because Joseph had all the time in the world and the way he slid to win that ball when he was getting chased down by a defender like i think david ruiz really had he had the a prototypical sergio ramos game right for those of you that that know sergio ramos he had a goal and assist and a red card he basically had two red cards really because he got kicked out of the game twice so i think that that was an awesome coming out party for david ruiz and i couldn't be happier what did you think about david ruiz on saturday I thought, let me tell you, I thought that this was not only just a coming out party, but this is this is telling you that the coaching makes a difference, baby. Not only from the 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 IMCF2 team, but up to the IMCF team where I mean, we're talking about Phil Neville's taking a chance on some young guys. We got Kramashi yep. came in, he's making mm-hmm. a huge difference. You yep. got David Ruiz came in, huge difference. Yep. And we're talking about lacking in the midfield. And I remember we talked a little bit about how they got, I guess, believed in him more than they did. And I mean, I don't know if maybe this is too much by Bryce Duke. Right. I mean, he's younger, right. He's working through the system. And, and at this point he's showing, he's showing everybody that he's got what it takes to at least do, do some of the job. Right. 
If you tell me that they trusted uh, Kromashi more than Bryce Duke, I'd give that to you because Kromashi's yeah. playing more of a forward role. But yeah, Bryce Duke couldn't play the role that David Ruiz was playing. Right? Well, He's I think that, that box to box midfielder. I think that I think the big thing about both Kromashi and David Ruiz is that they got they got nonstop engine in their tank and they're just running a million miles an hour, playing defense, running into bodies. Like, that's the kind of stuff you want to see. You want to see that griminess. Oh, and Steve Munoz, here he comes in, chiming in. It's to true, be though. fair, it's true. Phil doesn't have much of a choice after our two best midfielders got injured and Duke got shipped. He did have other choices. He could have put in Victor Uyoa. But that's the, cliche, it. that's the only other option. The that's cliche, the only other option. Yeah, the cliche fill-in. He could have put uh, Taylor in the midfield. Right, no, how that's been sprinkled. There. No, eight, but, but he has he, been he's playing the six role, like or even the out of the norm. Well, David Ruiz has been playing the box. He's a box to box defender, and I, I, I did see uh, something that, that I wanted to get to real quick in the comments. Uh, I actually lost it, but somebody said, "Oh, here it is." If Mr. Krabs, for those on audio, he just commented on the chat. He said, "If not Messi, Inter should at least get Sergio Busquets." Yeah absolutely not i want no part to sergio busquets old ass I, even if messi comes i don't want to see him on the field he's old he's done i i don't i don't want to see him i don't care if if he's still somehow starting for barca which i don't even think he is but if he is i, I don't i don't want to see him yeah i saw Get him running away here. from fans over there in espanol and that's the last time i want to see him on tv i don't want to see him anymore um so well, the, the, David Ruiz, go ahead yeah, no, proceeding to talk about David Ruiz, like I said, he came in, made a huge impact. Whether that shot was a deflection off of one guy or five guys, I'm good with it. Because the following play where he had his assist, to me, was a billion times better than the impact that that goal had. The fact that he was able to chase that down, slide tackle it to keep it back in possession, and then to have the wherewithal to actually dish it to Joseph for the open shot. Listen, that play alone screams volumes of the kind of player that we have with him. I agree. And just as fast as he showed up and had his coming out party, he is now gone. Yes. He got the red card. So even if he wasn't going to the U-20 World Cup, he'd still be gone for at least one match. But he got the red card, so he was going to miss that one match. And now he's going for a couple of weeks, depending on Honduras does in that World Cup. If they go for a while, then, you know, he's going to go ahead and be gone for a while. If they get eliminated early... He'll be back a little sooner. But, I mean, I'm glad that he's getting that international uh, 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 experience. So I'm good with him being gone, even though it's going to you know, cost us a little bit because now we have to go with Duyoa, like you said. Well, and talking about old guys, right, uh, Inter-Miami's favorite attorney kicks in and says, yeah, no more old guys, <laughs> right? Which no, I, I, I agree want, with that. I don't that. want Busquets. I don't want Busquets. Yeah. All right, but he was great, but we had a, a new formation basically, right? We had oh, we had five in the back, we had the three in the mid, and then we had the two up front. We had, I think the surprising part was, since Negri wasn't out, I think you and I both thought that Harry Neville might start, and that if Harry Neville didn't get to start, it might be Noah Allen. But I was pretty surprised that we finally got to see Robert Taylor playing the wingback role. I told you, I, he played it last year. Everybody keeps telling me he didn't. I, I am pretty sure he did. I still haven't gone back to look. I should have. But he did play it at some point last year. 
And he has the skills to give you what Negri gives you on offense. Maybe not defensively, even though Negri hasn't showed much on defense either. But offensively, you don't lose much with Taylor as a wingback. Yeah. I mean, look, I thought that the play, I thought that the setup was perfect. Uh, I think that Taylor hustles enough that he can make up for the fact of coming back on defense. And I don't know if you noticed, if you picked this up, I know Mike, the, the guy that has seats next to us, he picked up on it. The three center backs, they ended up every time that you saw the left and right wing back, they'd push up. You'd see the center back sort of split off, and which is scary because you're talking about leaving Sailor back there all by himself. Well, I will uh, say Kristoff was needed because yes, the the way that Carlos Gil just oh no, he's he a just, terrorist. He just he Carl- just walked through the defense Carl- on Gilles that goal. A, he's a he just walked monster. through the defense. That looked horrible. He it, it looked really bad. And then this other kid was it? Is it Beck? That that first goal yeah. that got that got taken off. That kid made Kramashi look like yes, he did horrible. Like Swiss cheese. Like bull- yeah. So it, it, Sergi Kristoff definitely needed. I don't know if he'll be back on Wednesday, but going back to the whole Taylor thing, I I thought that we would see Harry Neville. I was hoping we'd see Noah Allen because we've been calling for Noah Allen since the beginning of last season. But Taylor, if we're going to use him as a wing back, not a left back, right? Not a full back, but as a wing back, I think Taylor can play that role perfectly. Yeah. And like you said, the full, the center back spread out because we have Arroyo who can fall back like Gregory was doing. Yes. Arroyo can do that, right? David Ruiz can also fall back. But that's, when we didn't that, have. Go ahead. No, you know what that sounds like? Sounds like a lot of coach game planning. That's what it sounds like. No, I don't think that's what it sounds like. Uh, oh my god! I, I think I think that he finally has the players to play the way he wanted to, which is fine. Because when he didn't have the players, he was still trying to force it, right? He what was he doing? He was playing Bryce Duke back there. You're telling me that that's good coaching? No, yeah. Bryce Duke can't do what Arroyo is doing right now. He no, can't he do can't. what David Reese is doing right now. But he was trying to force it. It doesn't work. So that's why people were getting on Phil Neville because although things weren't working, he was forcing it. And yeah. it took him a while. It took him getting into the hot seat to be like, all right, we don't have the players to play like we were playing when we had Pozuelo. Let's go ahead and let's start playing the counter, right? Let's Forget all this holding the possession. We can't finish in the final third. Long balls. And if we turn it over, we turn it over. We're going to play the counter. And that's what's been working. That, that's how we have now changed things around. Because when we were winning the possession, we weren't doing anything with it in the final third. So what was the point of having all that useless possession? So I think that that's what it is. And yes, technically, technically, you're right. That is kind of Phil Neville's doing because he chose to finally change it. The problem that everybody has is, why did it take so long? You saw it wasn't working. We saw it wasn't working. So why keep trying it? Yeah, it doesn't. Look, it doesn't make any sense. You could see that there was changes made. I mean, you kind of have to tinker with what's going on, especially when you're losing out on Campana. Then you have Joseph that hasn't been playing in the... I mean, we're talking about in the beginning now. Wasn't playing up to par. uh, But changes were made, and it was beautiful to see Taylor out at left wing back. I thought it was great. And not only that, but we're talking about sitting on a five-game winning streak, right? Whether you want to count MLS games... I do count it. I count it. And and cup games. Listen, there's Franco doesn't count it. I count it. Listen, I mean... I. Listen, they count, period, point blank. Like, whether you like to hear it or not, they count. 
And it makes a difference to have five wins. I mean, I, I know for sure Dito is not going to agree with the five games uh, five games in a row. He's going to say it's three with two other crappy ones. But, I mean, it's five games. We're on a trend, baby. Uh, yes, we are on a trend. But we did lose a very valuable player, David Ruiz, next, next game. Christoph, we don't know if he's back. Pizarro is no longer an option. So we are starting to feel that injury bug and and that might come back to because that's what we had that was the issue with us to start with losing gregory losing mota yeah. losing campana like at some point i understand that it's all it's not all phil's fault but as a coach yeah. you have to you have to change things up and i felt like he kept trying to force it and i think that was the issue with him but real quick since we're talking about phil neville i saw austin from the heron outlet he posted uh a percentage of the percentage <laughs> of possession that we had during the six game losing streak and then the possession yeah. of the of the possession of ball that we had during our winning streak, right? Now I didn't really want to give you his numbers because he just did it six and five, but I think it's a little more than that. Because the first two games that we lost against NYC FC and Toronto, yeah, I felt like we played decent. I felt like yeah. a lot of people thought we lost because of the cold weather. Uh Gregory was just recently out, we're trying to figure things yeah. out. So I think some other things came in. I think things really started going downhill in that Chicago game, right? That Chicago game, the Cincinnati game, and the Dallas game. Those three games were where we really hit rock bottom. It was bottom. a disaster. It was a disaster. disaster. Those three games, we held the ball 66% of the time. The other three opponents, 34%. We were dominating the ball, but we lost those three games badly. We looked bad in those three games. Now, what was that one game where we like, oh, you know what? Things might be turning around. You remember what that game was? Miami FC? Now, the Houston game, right before the Miami FC oh, yes, game. Yes, the Houston game, yes. That yes. was the first game in that losing streak that we're like, you know what? Maybe things are changing. Looks now, a little different. Looks a little it looked different. different. At that point, we started finally changing the way we were playing. If you count that Houston game and then you count the last three home, the last three games we won, we've only yeah. held the possession 40% of the time. Like, that is when things started changing in that Houston game. We stopped trying to figure out how to finish in that final third by holding the possession, building up the back. We're not doing that anymore, and that's what's changed us. And, yes, I give Phil credit for finally changing. What's frustrating is that he took so long to change. I mean, look, but he didn't have all the the the, the cards at play here. The only you thing that changed Royal. I mean, yeah, you pick up a Royal, but I'm saying he didn't have Campana at full strength. He didn't have the midfield that he imagined to have in the beginning of the season. We're getting new pieces on defense, which helps, but we're still getting new pieces on defense. You have to adjust to that. There's a lot of adjusting. And the one person that I could tell you, if I could just transition here, mm -hmm. that I see adjusted so far so good is Joseph. Well, it definitely so, helps him playing with Campana. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for Campana to come back. And we were waiting for exactly what happened last game, which was Campana and Joseph on the field at the same time. Can I ask look, you something? We got we got attorney again, uh, Inter-Miami FC as uh, uh, favorite attorney. Love the Pepito Cup games. See, you go, Andres. See, I mean, I here we go. Esteban talking, because Esteban Dito decides to call uh, – the, the USL opponents Pepito Cup games instead of uh, actual wins. So I, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am going to tell you, when Joseph had that opportunity that David Ruiz kind of just handed him, a little part of me was nervous that he was about to miss. I felt like he Ooh. hesitated. 
And when he yeah. hesitated, I thought he might miss. He might get blocked or the goalie might save it. A little part of me was worried. And, I, yeah, I'm not going to say that I was 100% confident that Joseph yeah. was going to land that. Well, I mean, of course nobody's going to be confident, but, like, you're right there. What is it, like four feet away from the goal? Like a one-legged grandmother's going to blast that into the back no, of the net. He, he, but you know what? He got it between the defender and the goalie. The goalie was, was standing right in front of him, and, and there was a defender there also. He hit it high enough so that the defender couldn't get a leg on it, but still, like, a little part of me was worried. I'm not going to say that I felt necessarily confident. Listen, luckily he didn't uh, lacerate it. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. Lacerate would have been horrible. Yeah. All right, uh, so Joseph looking good. Somebody else that was looking, I thought, really good in the little time that he got to play, Noah Allen. Noah yeah. Allen, I thought, held it down. When we had to shut down the, the last bit of hope from, uh, I, I just blanked, uh, New England, I'm sorry, New England. Yeah. He he won a couple balls. He was pushing the ball up when they had to. I, I was really happy to see Noah Allen back out there, and he played very, very well. Listen, I've been waiting for Noah Allen to grace the field ever since that he got injured. I mean, you know we've been calling for him even before the season started. So the one thing I could tell you about Noah Allen, that he came on the field and gave, like, full-blown aggression, like, that to me screams a billion times awesome because we're talking about finally getting Noah Allen back, and we want him to be sort of that reckless guy. At least I want to. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but... If Franco Negri can run around and start getting red cards, like why can't Noah Allen, right? I mean, let's just collect them all up. Uh, I, I think Noah Allen's finally going to get a lot of play. I mean, we have a lot of U.S. Yes. Open Cup games coming up. We have that league tournament thing in July. Like we, we, I think Noah Allen is going to be – and seeing Noah Allen out there with David Ruiz and Kromashi, yeah. even though I don't think it was for very long because I think Kromashi eventually got subbed off. But – oh, no, I'm sorry, not subbed off. Uh, David Ruiz got the red card. But it was really cool to see all these homegrown players playing at the same time. And look at uh, Steve Munoz kicking in. He says, Phil is gone by next season anyway, but a little birdie have been chirping that it could be sooner than that, uh, possibly this summer. You know what, Steve? Take your source no. and take him, take him to IHOP, bro. I, I disagree. I disagree because if you're winning, you're not going to lose your job. And – like I said, he was he's going to resort back to Phil Neville ball from early 2022, which was defend and counter and hope that Campana can get one or two on the board so that you just defend for your life and win, park the bus. And it's happened. It's worked the last three MLS games, and I, that's, that's the formula that they're going to keep going with. And as long as it keeps working, why would you – in the middle of the season, it's not happening. At least I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and Lucas kicks in perfectly – Phil's not going anywhere. They're going to let his contract run out. Listen, if there's anything that does happen, that is what I think is going to happen. I don't think that they're going to release him early. I think that they're just going to I think that they're just going to go ahead and let him play out the rest of the year and then uh bygones be bygones, leave without any sort of uh disruption or animosity and then from there, you know, he'll probably get like a cushy job uh, like a like a Kieran Gibbs or something like that. And then I hop. I mean, yeah, I I guess nah. We'll do Palacio de los Jugos. I'm good <laughs> with that. Look at that. And now, of course, I don't want to lose those those checks. Dito, come on, man. They're in my right pocket. All right. So uh ultimately, yeah. In your mind, why are we winning now? Campana. That's, campana, that's campana, that's campana, campana. That is the exact reason why we were losing, and that is the exact reason why we're winning. Is Campana. 
period, point blank. I don't want to talk about Joseph. I don't want to talk about Neville. I don't want to talk about nobody else. Campana is the only reason. And Danny, I wish you would have been wearing that shirt saved by the Campana because that's legitimately what's going on right now. Uh, I think it has more to do with, um, I don't want to say Pizarro getting hurt, but the fact that Kramashi and David Ruiz have really gotten a chance, I think it's injected some youth and some some help on this team. And and also, let, let me not go without bringing up the fact that Yerlin has been balling. Yerlin, in the three MLS games that we've won, because the beginning of the season, we kept building up the left with Negri, and it was just Negri yeah. all the time. The last three games, 43% of our offense on the right side uh, in that first win against uh, was Columbus. Last week against Atlanta, 46% of our offense was built up the right side. Last game against New England, 47% of our offense was built up the right side. Yeah, We are attacking up the right side with Yedlin. David Ruiz is dominating the ball on the right side also. I, I, I really like what we're doing with Yedlin up the right side, and I, I think that that has helped a lot also. I think Yedlin finally getting back to form, which a lot of people, I don't think anybody's actually talking about the fact that Yedlin's back to form, and it's really helping us. Well, and look at look at what everybody's like mentioning. I'm just going to go through the comments, and for those of you on audio, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you guys through this uh, through this uh, roller coaster of the comments section, right? So Steve Munoz is chiming in, but Chris, the tactics also changed, right? And then we're finally talking about, you know, people talking about Yedlin, people talking about uh, winning due to to uh, changes, uh, tactics, and lineup. Like, what are we doing here, guys? So, like, are we going to shit on Phil Neville, or are we going to sit here and say Phil Neville's that guy? Like, uh, what's going on here? With well, uh, and he, he, he does have a lot to do with the changing of those formations, but again, he was very hard-headed, and he didn't he didn't do it fast enough, right? He waited until that seat was hot, where he's like, "F it, let's play the young guys. Let's stop trying to to play up with uh, possession and, and build up the back." Like it wasn't working. So I, I think that he gets some credit, Lucas. He gets some credit for that, even though he took forever to go for it because we're winning now. All right, now real quick, uh, we do have somebody here to help us preview the nashville uh, sc game but before we get to him i was kind of curious to ask you chris what do you think our starting 11 is going to look like when we play against nashville on wednesday i think it's going to be very similar to last games because i feel like we had a nice balance of defense and offense um i mean david ruiz look he he brought the productivity he took it up a couple notches but he's not going to be available yeah he's not going to be available but I mean, I by then are we getting Negri back? Because then Negri would essentially come back to his spot, and then Taylor could be able to take something in the midfield. Do you think Stefanelli uh, gets gets? Oh, uh, I I don't want that guy to see a, a not even a not even a second on any green field near that <laughs> near okay. that stadium. No way, shape, or form do I want to see that guy anywhere near a soccer ball. No way. All right. All right so no Negri. So do you think that it's going to be Taylor? You think it's going to be Negri playing left wing back and everything yeah. else stays basically. Oh, and if Kristoff's available, he'll come in for McVay. He could, yeah. Well, either McVay or, or Sailor. Or Sailor. Right? No, you're right. Sailor. Sailor probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Or they could just do what they've been doing uh, for a while and just move Yedlin to the right center back. They have Taylor playing maybe right wing back. They, they leave over there, uh, I don't know, Negri on left wing back. I, I think I could see that real quick. So I, I could see uh, a, a back five of. Let's say on the left, we have left wing back Negri. Then we have Christoph, uh, Miller, and who, who am I missing? McVeigh? No, I, 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 know, I said Yedlin. 
Good. Listen, what, what you're missing is the comment here by uh, Inter Miami's uh, favorite lawyer, Andres. Still a firm fire Phil Neville believer. I mean, let's go. You guys are uh, something else. All right. So we got Nashville on Wednesday. For those of you that were unaware, Nashville is new to the Eastern Conference. It's a Western Conference team up until now. And uh, they're, as always, looking pretty good. So I'm going to bring on Uncle Mad to the show. Where you at, Uncle Mad? There you are, sir. How What's up? How's doing? it going, guys? Awesome. We're, awesome. We're here riding a winning streak, so we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. Good times down in Miami right now. Listen, all- Uncle... <laughs> Listen, Uncle Matt, I got a question, and uh, I need to know this answer. And it's only because our recent two guests, their name is Tommy. So I need to know, is your name Tommy? No, it is in fact not Tommy. It is uh, <laughs> Matt. It's just a variation of Uncle Mad. That's uh, ah. my, f- my friends got on to me for being too angry for most of the time. And they were like, you got to change your name. You're not Matt anymore. You're Matt. You're mad. You're mad all the time. And it depends yes. how many D's the D's changed based on how mad I am. So depends we, on the we, passion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nashville's a pretty good squad. Why are you so mad? I, I'm not mad about Nashville. See, Nashville C is giving me oh. pretty, Pretty, oh, a lot okay, of happiness okay. now. It's it's more like uh, Manchester United, the Titans, the Predators, some of my other teams that I support that well, have been the problem uh, lately. And okay. I and I and I checked you out, and I see that you're a Disney head. We're Danny and I oh, are Disney yeah. heads too. So yep. if there's one thing that'll get somebody mad is the 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 crank on the prices for the annual passes. So that's not to teeter off too much off the beaten path, but <laughs> no, that's no, one I thing mean, that the- gets me furious. No, yeah, that that too. There's and there's a lot of uh down in Florida. There's a lot of stuff going on with uh Disney and the uh <laughs> the government down there right now too. So it's a lot of oh yeah, interesting times. Interesting times to be a Disney fan and to be a and, Floridian. I'm sure for sure. And look at Richard Greenberg kicking in. He's a huge fan of of your YouTube channel, guys. You guys got to check it out. I, I I checked it out and it's it's fun content for sure. Yeah, Richard's a Toronto fan. He's from up there in the Great White North, so he's we get we got people from all over the world coming in this chat right yeah. now. Yeah, that's nice. awesome. All right, and so, so go ahead. Go ahead. no, I was I was just gonna bring it up. Right, you guys are now in the East Coast. Like, how how does it feel now moving over to the to the East Side? Right. I it makes much more sense than when we were in the Western For Conference because, sure. like, when we first came in the league, we were in the Probably Eastern the Conference, day. and yeah, yeah. Then there was like, yeah. <laughs> the weird Western Conference seasons, because we were originally in the Eastern Conference, and there was the weird COVID yeah. season where they kind of messed everything up, and then we moved to the Western Conference. Now we're back in the Eastern Conference, and I, I kind of always figured we'd eventually move to the Eastern Conference because, yeah, I just logistically it makes, it sense, makes sense. But I think they had to wait till St. Louis and either Vegas or San Diego or whatever the next team that's coming in kind of evens the tables. So like. For whatever reason, Nashville has always like gotten shifted into being the West in sports. Like the Predators, when they first came into the NHL, were a Western Conference team and <laughs> never made sense back in the day Ooh. then. And so, like for the Nashville SC, it never made sense now. But I guess like you know they're not going to move. You know, even though Chicago is more West than us, they're not going to move Chicago to the West at this point in time. So it's just like ah, if we we got to shoot one team to the West for one, one season. Let's the new boys. Let's throw them over there for a season. So. It, it made for a bad season where it's like, you know, couldn't do many away days because. Yeah, because it's far as I, I ain't, 
Yeah, exactly. So now, like, we got Atlanta, we got Cincinnati, we got Miami, Orlando, all these, like, reasonably trips that we can do for away days. So for definitely sure. a lot better to be in that regard for just, just for that in regards just to the natural local rivalries. Yes. So I had I wanted to know more or less coming into the season. I know you guys made the playoffs last year. What were your expectations of the team this coming into this year? You know, for me personally, I was probably a little bit more optimistic than a lot of Nashville SC fans. I, I think there was like a weird like negativity around the team because like we've we've been like top two, top five the last the, the first few seasons we've been in the league. So I think it was almost like setting the bar too high. Right. And so like last year we kind of petered out didn't have a good end of the season kind of went out of the playoffs pretty quickly and i think there was a lot of fans who were like looking at it going we got the league mvp we got a two-time defender of the year why are we getting knocked out this early in the playoffs we should be champions you know everybody wants to be the champion everybody wants to be the top dog so like and i'm almost like you know we're an expansion team you know we're doing pretty good for an expansion team to have those achievements you know especially if you're in those talks yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, you know, you're getting the league MVP, your second year in the league, you're, you're two-time defender of the year. So it's, I think some of the fan base had a little bit of negativity coming in this season, especially because, like, it's pretty obvious what we needed to do to improve the team. We needed, like, a consistent, like, striker to complement Henny Mukhtar. And we didn't get that in the off season, which the MLS offseason is kind of weird. You don't initially get the same players you would normally get in like other leagues in this in your off season. Yeah, so no, there was kind of like I, a frustration I, I, I that we didn't that. sign like a striker. Like we still had CJ Sapong and Teal Bunbury as our top two strikers. So I think there was like a lot of negativity, but for me, I was kind of like the fact that we've kept the same kind of team together is like MLS doesn't have a lot of consistency. It seems like MLS, there's so much roster turnover for the most part. And we've had yeah. a pretty good team. We've kept it together. Like we're like, it always felt like to me we're like a player or two away from like really being able to like chase a title. So like I was I was pretty happy about you know coming in the season, but there was a weird like negativity from other parts of the fan base. Well, and and you talked about you talked about Hani Mukhtar, and I, I saw that on the last game he got a yellow card. So I imagine that at this point, I, I guess the team is just trying to find a way to 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 give him some to give him some help so that way he can be able to play you know even better. No, he's the whole offense on that team. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. He's the uh, he's the one like consistent attacking threat. Like you know, he's does it all. We got we've had a few guys who've kind of emerged, but like in terms of like consistent attacking threats outside of him, like we haven't really had that. And that's kind of like where we've kind of missed uh, in our time in MLS. We've had two designated player strikers that haven't quite you know worked. So Dumb. that's kind of like been the, like the big kind of thing looking that we need is we need that secondary person that can add consistent goals, add consistent attack. And because we've got some guys that are coming in that are pop up from time to time, but outside of Mukhtar, it's, you know, it's been a little up and down. Well, the, the couple players that I'm jealous of, I'll tell you right now. I mean, your team has the best hairdos of all time. I mean, you got, you got (laughs) Jacob, uh, Jacob Schaffelberg with the mullet. Yep, right, you got yep. a guy named Dax McCarthy, which he looks just like a oh, Dax McCarthy. I hate Dax McCarthy. Like. I mean, he Can't looks like a guy. Dax McCarthy. He looks like he Dax, works on cars on the, the weekend. That is, the, that is the best statement I've ever heard about Dax McCarthy. Is that he looks like Dax McCarthy? It's like yes, is that he is does. So true. <laughs> like, 
like if you look at him, if anybody anybody in a million years would look at that guy and go like, what, what would you guess this guy's name is? Dax. That is a Dax. That is, that is 100% and the, a Dax. And that last name, McCarthy, it has to be a yep. something. Right. Yeah. And then yep. and then and then to top it off, and I mentioned this guy, I think, in the like four podcasts recently. You're the goalie. mustache. Oh, I need that stash goalie in my life. No, That's you don't. We have Drake. Stop disrespecting listen, Drake. I, we're not gonna do that, Danny. I need don't him disrespect to, to six God. Listen, if you if I, you, I you haven't seen guy. this, you need you need to look this up. Uh, I think it was last season against FC Cincinnati, Brenner got a penalty kick. Joe Willis hit and then flipped Brenner the bird as he was like running off his line after he saved the penalty. It's an all time okay. like Nashville SC like image gift. It's like yeah, yeah, it was like that. Like <laughs> we all love Joe Willis from the get go, but like that was like he's a legend. Ever ever he's ours. It was like yep, yes. all, time, all time, all time. He's been, he's been around for a while too. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like kind of what Nashville SC did pretty well with their build was like they they got some experienced uh, MLS players like Joe Willis, Dax McCarty, you know, uh, Annabelle Godoy, and then they added some like random players like like Hanny. Like everybody looks for that player, like that type of player when they're building their expansion roster. Right, right, right. We got to find that one random player from like somewhere across the sea or like down in South America or something like that. That's like the hit. And Hanny hit, and that that was the biggest thing for us was that he hit. But, but Mukhtar we hit isn't like just a, a score. Yeah, he's, he's he's a baller. He's he's leading your team in goals and in assists. Like he's he does everything for you guys. He's MVP, like you said. Oh yeah, that, that that's like kind of the crazy thing about him is like we brought him in. I think he was supposed to be like kind of your typical number ten, the creative midfielder, but he's ended up basically being like our main goal scoring threat like he scores all the goals he creates all the goals if he's not involved like uh there's been he's a 19 he's a 9 out of 10 yeah Yeah, he's a 9 he's a 10 he's an 8 he's he's you probably be a 6 if we needed to like he's just crazy (laughs) yeah he's we're gonna do the jamie tart type he's here he's there he's everywhere (laughs) he's every fucking where (laughs) no yeah but he's he's been absolutely incredible like you know he just he can do so much like i think there was like there's been some like crazy stats going around that like since 2020 he's involved in like 70 percent of our goals which is like both awesome that we have that, that type of player but also it's yes. like if we if, if he, he gets, gets hurt or if he has like a bad stretch a that's 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 a that's a tr- that's troubling yeah yes well now we know what the game plan is yeah right. exactly exactly so- <laughs> Let me tell you something. We got two red cards in two games in a row. It's not a problem for us. <laughs> My third third Studs time might be day. a charm. <laughs> Studs up all immediately, day. Immediately, just go in, go in. All right. Um, so Walker Zimmerman's been injured, but your defense is still balling. You guys had nine clean sheets last year total. You have six already this season. What exactly has happened that your defense seems to have improved from last year? I know yeah, it, Shaq it, Moore is still a monster. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of crazy because we traded Dave Romney to New England. So it was kind of like that was kind of our first kind of like uh, breaking up of kind of like the defense that had been there since day one. But, you know, we mm-hmm. Jack Moore was like our first ever draft pick and the first MLS Super Draft we were part of. And he, he stepped right in, been a solid player right from the get-go. We made a trade right at the end of the uh, initial trade window to bring in uh, – what's his name? McNaughton for. Oh, I think we might have lost Uncle Matt. 
and he was on well, it. He was rolling. Yeah. I mean, and, and well, while thing... we get him back, okay, I think we might have gotten him back. Nope, maybe not. Well, well, while we get him back, Nashville has only given up. I want to say seven goals. Is seven or or uh, or nine goals all season long? It's a ridiculous number. Yeah, he's, he's given back. up. Is it you back, Uncle Matt? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we you broke you. up. We, we we missed you. Sorry, my bad. No, all good. I was just saying that it's ridiculous because you guys have played in 12 games and you've given up seven goals, six clean sheets. It's ridiculous. That is crazy. Yeah, no, I, I think like Gary Smith, you know, our manager, that's his kind of MO is kind of setting up defense first, you know. For better or worse, the he's gotten a bad reputation in certain points in time, you know, like there's been – there's certain parts of our fan base that aren't a fan of him because of, you know, that they feel like, Oh, Gary ball, he parks the bus, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, that's how you win an MLS. You know, you, you yes. get to the playoffs. You, you don't give up goals. Like that's how it like grind it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's one of the things that's like kind of cool about MLS compared to like, you know, European soccer where just get to the playoffs. You know, once you get to the playoffs, yes. anything can happen. Anybody can win. Yes. Anybody, you know, it's, it makes it a lot more fun. You know, it's like, you know, we watched Arsenal. If you follow the premier league, just collapse. And like, there's just nothing they can do at this point. <laughs> They've just given away the premier league, but which sucks because if there was a playoff system, they'd still have some hope. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But MLS, like mm-hmm. there was a certain chunk of our fan base that we didn't move for a striker this uh, previous transfer window that was like, oh, we're basically just like washing away half the season because we we're not going to get a striker till the summer. And it's like, it doesn't really matter in MLS if you're still in the, you we're, we're you know, we're third still in the in table the right now in the East. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like MLS, just keep yourself in the mix, make the moves yes. you need to make. Like Toronto, I like uh, Richard was like uh, comments a lot of my videos. He's, a TFC fan last year, they were one of the worst teams in the league the first half of the year. They signed Bernadeschi, yeah. Insigne. They were a completely different. Yeah, team they the brought in the Italian mafia. Year. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So that's so if you can keep yourself in the playoff mix and then make a big move in the summer, that's that's a key thing. Because not everybody's gonna be like LAFC and just like load up every year. Not everybody's gonna be like, you know, uh Seattle that's and it. somehow LA, figure LA, out how to LA win every single year. Yeah, and, and and let me tell you, Steve Munoz just kicked in. Imagine both teams wanting to park the bus because everybody talks about you know us parking the bus and and uh, Neville Ball. So I imagine the same thing that you're thinking of is the same thing that we're kind of going through when it comes to to our tactics. But Steve brings up a really good question, which leads us into our our, our next topic, right? What formation do you generally play, and and what are Nashville's tactics this season? And I see so, the last lineup was four four two. Yeah, yeah. So early on, we like we we kind of were playing more of like a kind of hybrid four four two, four two three one, where it was like a, yeah. our traditional back four, uh, two holding mids, and the kind of yeah. we the last couple of weeks we've kind of shifted to this kind of hybrid diamond midfield, and it's kind of really unlocked our ability to like press and attack. Because one of the things like that's been like a staple that people have complained about for Nashville SC is that we haven't been able to quite press well. Like anytime we try to try to press, we get the press beaten. But we've kind of shifted to this diamond midfield. But we play it with uh, this guy Alex Muil, who came from New York Red Bulls, which is like you know yeah. if you're MLS, that's the gold standard of pressing in MLS is the Red Bull system. 
Yeah, no, they're so annoying. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're the worst team to play against. They're the worst team to play yeah. against. But like, he he's traditionally a winger, but we are kind of like the last couple of weeks we've used him as kind of like a hybrid, like eight, but we can shift him to the wing too. So we're kind of like being compact when we oh, need nice. to compact, but then we're expanding when we need to expand. So we've actually like the last like few weeks been able to like press more than we normally have been able to press. So it's like kind of opened it up a little bit, and that's like really been like we've actually looked like we're a competent attacking team where it's like a lot of people like, <laughs> Oh, Gary ball park, park the bus. It's like, no, we're actually like pressing now. We're attacking now. Cause, and I think, you know, Gary doesn't get enough credit for being like a good coach. Like there's definitely yeah. a national SC contender. was like Gary out. And I'm like, he's won an MLS cup. I, we, we, people are quick to forget that to he calm down a little cup. bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he, he knows what he's doing here. So like uh, early in the season, teams were kind of doing the thing where like, they were like, Oh, National SC just wants to counterattack. Let's just give them the ball. Like Cincinnati beat us 1-0 here at National SC early in the season by just basically giving us the ball and saying, like, you're not going to do anything if we give you the ball. We'll just sit back. You can have the ball. Yeah. And Gary has kind of adjusted that now and started to shift to this diamond midfield where we can kind of press out of the diamond midfield. But we can also sit back and be compact. We can also, like, shift it into, like, a 4-3-3. It's a very versatile system that he set up, yeah. and it's like – it's working really well. DC United, we probably should have beat them at the weekend, but like gave up a late goal, just kind of screwed that game what up a shame. right at the end. Yeah, it's one of those. What a shame. I felt bad for you guys. I felt bad for you guys for giving that up. I said, wow. I mean, you guys were on a on, on a tear. I mean, yeah. you, you guys have been winning and tying, and the last time that you guys lost was against NYCFC back in mid-April. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and this is kind of scary, Danny. I don't know. I don't know. This is a scary, scary season right now, and we got Nashville coming up. I'm not really too confident. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I was kind of like I did with New England last week. I started looking at, at the teams that you guys have beat. You beat NYCFC, and th- they're okay. The Red Bulls, you guys drew. You beat Montreal, which sucks. Uh, you guys lost to New England, one zero. You lost to Cincinnati 1-0. You beat Orlando, thank you, 2-0. Uh, you drew with Toronto. You lost to NYCFC. You drew with LAFC in LA, I believe, right? No, that was here in Nashville. Well, was that? Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was in LA. Okay, but that's still still a, a good uh, a good outcome against LAFC. And then you beat uh, it was, Atlanta. It was it was like they had played the midweek champions, CONCACAF champions mm. game. So it was like I, I – not to not to kill my own team, but like they weren't playing like Carlos Vela. Didn't no, I appreciate it because I'm gonna have a hard time killing it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, you beat you beat Atlanta three one, and Atlanta was hot, but they've been they've been on a downfall. You beat Chicago three zero. You beat Dallas in the U.S. Open Cup two zero, and then you drew with, um, you know, not world beaters, but uh, but pretty good, I I guess. Well, and talking uh, about. Yeah, I mean, just talking over their performance. I mean, just aesthetically speaking, from their schedule. I mean, they look like they're. I mean, they're not world beaters, but at the end of the day, it's it's a respectful oh, run that they're on. We're, we're not world beaters, that's for sure. Uh, but now, what what do you see though, Uncle Matt? As far as like weaknesses on the team, right? We need something to to to, to hope for on this game. I know you mentioned it earlier, but what do you think is the biggest weakness on the team? In- uh, Walker Zimmerman's been out for like the last two games. Uh, Gary has said he's been training that he expects him to be back in time for the match tomorrow. But Gary is like a 
to me, the Bill Belichick of like the MLS, oh. where like if he says a player is ready to come back for a match, that means that player's out for like two more months. Because <laughs> Randall Leal, who is our probably second best attacking player, has been out since the first match of the season. And every week, Gary Smith has said, Leal's coming back. He's he's close. He's close. He's close. He played 45 minutes. Enough. Like that. Yeah, he played 45 minutes uh, in the U.S. Open Cup against Dallas and then wasn't in the squad this past weekend. So he 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 feels like he's from the Belichick camp of like, uh, I'm not going to speak. They think about injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, uh, if Zimmerman's still out, that's a huge loss just because, you know, he's obviously a two-time defender of the year in MLS, you know, U.S. men's national team captain, defender level. Uh, but we, I think it's just consistency. It's like the biggest thing that is our biggest issue. It's like, you know, we beat Chicago 3-0 one week and then we – give a crap late goal to DC United for a 1-1 DC United, uh, goal. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it, we just don't have that consistency level of like, you know, we look like one of the better teams in the MLS one week and then we kind of poop the bed against DC United. So it's like it's consistency. I think I think we're open to be beat because we don't have the consistency level of like the top level teams that consistently win. Yeah. How seriously do you guys take the Open Cup? Because we play you guys again next Wednesday. Yeah. I, th- I, I think it depends. Like, uh, right, the first couple games, like, uh, we've played, like, mostly, like, second-team squad. Uh, the We played, like, San Antonio the first game, and then we played yeah. Dallas. And even Dallas, we kind of rotated the squad very heavily. But I think, like, you know, if we can get through – this week and also depends on like how healthy we come out of the, the next couple games. Like last year against Orlando, we played it like our best team against Orlando in like the round of 16 and yeah, lost to them on that penalty shootout. So I think if we get to a certain point, we'll take it seriously. Uh, but it also kind of depends on like what the injury situation is. Like right now we've basically like kind of played like our second team the whole way through. So just kind of depends think, on match to match, like how seriously we take it. I think most teams are taking it seriously in the quarterfinals, the whole final eight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. And we're talking about three games within uh, within a six, you know, a six, five-day span. So I can't imagine it's going to be easy. Um, and, and we talk, talked a little bit about the weaknesses that you think are, are you know, for Nashville. What do you think are the strengths? I mean, are we just going to chalk it up to, to Mokhtar and that's it? I mean, that's that's the obvious one. I mean, he's, you know, there's a reason he was the MVP for the league last year. But uh, we, yeah. we've had little dudes that have, like, popped up this year that are giving us a little extra. I mean, Fafa Pico, we just signed from uh, Houston as a free agent. He scored, like, five goals this season, four or five goals this season. Uh, nice. Schaffelberg, I think one of you guys mentioned him earlier, like, that we got from Toronto. Oh, yeah, the, the mullet. Yeah, yeah, they had to dump him because they brought in the Italian players, so they had to offload him because of, like, the Russia rules in MLS. So, like, huge benefit to us that they got the Italian guys. Yeah. We got him. He Like, yeah. they're just both, like, speed demons, burners, just like they just, like, their speed. We've kind of been rotating who starts, who comes off the bench. Yeah. And it's been really good because, like, they have that speed where, like, you know, that last 10 minutes of the game where, like, defenders' legs are dead. And suddenly you got a guy who's, like, gassed. got that speed. Yeah. Coming off the bench, it's like, 
that's kind of been like our X factor this season. It's been those guys coming up. Cause we've been like, there's been a few games where we've been up like one Oh two Oh. And then one of them has come off the bench and like nicked in the goal late where they've just been like run straight through a defense. Cause the defense was just gassed. So like we, we we've got some weapons, we got some options. Like we still need that like real, I mean, and this is one of the things that people have criticized, but been like, uh, Oh, why don't we, we got to send that designated striker number nine to get 20, 30 <laughs> goals. And it's like, if that was something that you could just do, everybody would do it. It's like, they, for, they sure. Don't go on for sure. Yeah. That's why everybody's criticized. like, Oh, we're still going with like CJ Sapong and Teal Boneberry. It's like, <laughs> they're just like, there's not like 30 gold strikers just growing on trees. You gotta, you gotta time yeah. it. You gotta find them. You gotta go. But yeah, but like uh Schaffelberg, Pico, they've been like kind of the new, uh, dangerous players this season for us. Nice. So those are the guys that we need to look out for this week. That that might a lot of Miami fans might not know of or might have heard of in the past. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Schaffelberg, like you know, he was like a we we traded for him late last season. And it was kind of like a random like pop up. Like hadn't heard of him, and like immediately he hit the ground running. And it's like he's like he's a fun player to watch. Like he's not always like you know yeah. gonna do everything, but he's like his speed and everything's fun. Bacot's been scoring goals this season, like in they've kind of used him as like a hybrid winger slash striker too. So those are the two, those are the two kind of ones you wouldn't have heard of that might do something. All right. So let's say you're a betting man, uncle Matt. I don't know if you are, but let's say you are and you want to put money on Miami. Why? We got legal gambling here in Tennessee now. So yeah. oh, see, we don't, yeah, we don't we got do, it here in Florida. Do they don't, they don't get, they don't I allow know. us to play with the money. <laughs> I know. So, anytime, anytime I go, anytime I go down to the division world, I got to place all my bets before I travel, travel down there. Oh, okay. There you yes. go. You know, so let's say you wanted to put money on Miami or I asked you, I want to put money on Miami. Why should I be optimistic that Miami might pull out even a draw or a victory? I would just say just the fact that National C has just not been able to like consistently be able to do anything is like, you know, we'll win three nil one week and then we'll lose like one one. Nil, or like one 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 oh. Like like we lost like the, the NYAFC game was like the most bizarre game of the season earlier this season, where it's like they had two shots in the first ten minutes, scored both of them. And, and then, then it was all it. us the rest of the game. We just never could score. So it's like <laughs> it's like it's just a lack of the first game of the year. C. Yeah, yeah, we we, oh. we kind of rolled them the first game of the season, yeah. and then like yeah, I remember that. went up there, and it was like they scored two goals in like ten minutes, and it was like changed the game. So I'd say that our lack of consistency, the fact that we don't, you know, necessarily like we're not able to hit the same levels week to week, is probably the thing well, I would say is our biggest weakness. And to give you some credit, right? Uh, NYCFC's used used to playing in sandboxes, so. Oh, they were yeah. out there playing in uh, in City Fields, so uh, they can go uh, they can go eat a bag because uh, all they do <laughs> is play in freaking baseball stadiums. Like, come on! I think be- between nice us, game. like uh, between us, starting our, our our first couple seasons, we played at the Titan Stadium, and the fact that they've moved around, I think we've played them like something like seven times, and it's been at like six different stadiums. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They've played in upstate New York. They've played games in Red Bulls Arena. They've played in City Field, Yankee Stadium. So we got so we got Richard Greenberg that's chiming in here because he's trying to throw some thousands on it. So he's thinking whether to bet the under for this match. 
I guess that's where that, that, that where that's where the line might be. That that was this. my go-to bet for Nashville C matches early in the season, and Richard knows that from my my streams. Is like we were like consistently like winning games one zero or tying one one early in the season. It, we went on like a nice little run recent weeks where like the tax picked up a little bit, but it's kind of kicked back down with the one one draw against DC United. So I don't know if we bring it back down to earth. But yeah, yeah. It's gonna it'll be I, I would expect it to be a tight game because traditionally, like for whatever reason, like all the games that we play against certain teams seem to stay the same way. Like we always yeah. lose to Red Bull. Like we've like no matter who's on the field we we've always lost Red Bull. Like it's like the teams have changed so much in like four years, but Red Bull has been like our boogeyman. And yeah. it's like the same thing. It's like all the Miami games are tight. Like uh, I remember like the first Miami game with in Nissan stadium COVID year, like there was like everybody's <laughs> peppered around the stadium. It was like so yeah. fun, but it was like, it's like Miami's always played us tight. So it's, I, I always, I would always tend to bet the Nashville seat under, cause I always expect Gary to like try to like play a little more defensively, but like weirdly the last couple of weeks, he's opened it up a little bit. Well, and Steve Munoz thinks that this is going to be the worst MLS match of the week. So we got that going for us this week, this Wednesday. I don't know who <laughs> Steve Munoz is, but he's an idiot because you got the MLS MVP, the defending Goldie boot winner in this match, and you're thinking it's going to be a nil-nil draw. They're going to park the bus. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Watch a little well, MLS if you th- you you don't know what you're talking about. If you think this is going to – I could be completely wrong. <laughs> And, and it but could I mean, just be zero zero all game. Yeah, it could be. Well, but I mean, like they're gonna they're gonna attack. There's gonna be attack in this game. Yeah, go ahead, Danny. I, I was gonna say um, I was just gonna jump into predictions. Enter Miami for the most part to start the season. We're attacking. They were attacking too much. They were attacking with their fullbacks. We weren't even wingbacks. We were playing fullbacks. We were playing four in the back, and they had their fullbacks going up, and we kept getting caught on the counter. We, we got beat on the counter by Kai Kamara, which is like 87 years old, right? So it, that's how bad it got to one point. So over the last couple of weeks, we have now switched. We no longer try to hold the possession. We're playing that counter. We, As we say, we wait, we score a goal, kind of like you guys, Mukhtar, count on him to score a goal for us, and then let's park the bus. That's kind of what we've been doing. Yeah. Hopefully Campana or Joseph can save us, score that one goal, and then we'll just grind out a victory. And that's kind of the game plan we've been. And it's, it's, it's fucking boring, to be honest with you. It gets boring after a while because at some point, you're just like hold, clinching your ass cheeks. It's like, please don't score on us. Please don't score on us because the other team is just going and just getting their opportunities. And that's kind of like what, what, what's been happening the last weeks. But it's led to a five-game winning streak. And yeah. that's kind of what we're going to play. So that, that Gary ball that you were talking about, that's kind of like what we're experiencing now. But because it's coming with wins, I don't mind it too much. And now moving on to the predictions. I guess we could start. You want to start with uh, Uncle Mad, Chris, or you want to start off? Well, I mean, I, w- I want to get a feel of what Uncle Mad thinks is going to happen on Wednesday because I have my opinion. It's not going to be explosive or anything here, but <laughs> I want to know what Uncle Mad thinks. What do you think is going to be the final tally here and see if uh, see if you can get Richard Greenberg to throw the house on it? You know, I, I, uh, I feel like we, I, I, in my prediction video for like the 
past weekend's match against DC United, I said we tend to like you know go on these runs where we have a couple good games in a row, and then we kind of go back to Gary Ball. And I actually yeah. predicted this past weekend we'd probably either nil nil one one draw, and that came to pass. So I was like, ah, kind of. So I think we bounce back. I don't necessarily think we like go off on any kind of offensive explosion or anything like that because that's just not our style. But I would not be surprised if it's like a two one 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 match Nashville C win two one 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 draw yeah. that'd be my two predictions yeah I could I, I could definitely see that Danny I, I I can agree with that I mean I'm not that's not what I'm gonna go with Danny I want to know what you're gonna go with so what what do you think is gonna be the final score here before Steve Munoz said it, that's what I was going to go with. I think it's going to be a 0-0 zero, zero draw. 0-0? Zero, zero? I mean, you guys are out of your mind. I'd love to know what you're drinking because I need the whole bottle of it. Okay, right? well, I'll, I'll t- well on, as far as we, <laughs> we go, as far as we go, when you think of Inter-Miami, do you think we have a very explosive offense? I mean, Probably I, don't think not. We have an, I don't think we have an explosive offense, but I'll tell you my prediction. I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. I don't think it's going to be a, a a bore fest. I think that there's going to be a goal from each side, and it's just going to go all the way to the end where they're pushing for that last goal, and and nobody's going to get it, and we're going to walk away with a point. They're going to walk away with a point, and everybody's going to be you know happy and and we're good to go. Chris, they have six clean sheets. One, wait, wait. one, two, three, four, five. We've been held without scoring five games. Chris, we're not scoring on them. <laughs> we're not scoring on this team. We can't create. And we, we're playing very defensive now. I think that he's going to hold on for the, for the point. I really do believe this. And I think if you get out of Nashville with the point, I mean, you kind of have to be happy. You guys got Messi and Busquets right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, I, I believe that they're going to hold them out because we're, we're going to oh, save them for that Orlando matchup next weekend. That's, that's the on. big game for us. No, you know what? You know what? Let me just pump the brakes here, Danny, because he deserves this. He deserves this. <laughs> well, actually, we were going to ask you a question, and I, and we, we still are, but I, I'm going to just throw this question at you real quick. Because uh, now that you brought up Messi, I, I am curious. How do you feel about Nashville SC paying part of Messi's contract to go ahead and go score on you. Because I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. heard that the, all the owners are going to like chip in to help him pay for him to play with us, which is. I, I, I mean, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for MLS to want a player like that to come there. But at the same time, like I agree. I kind of I think like he's going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> That's a lot of no money for way. him not to go to Saudi Arabia. That's a lot million. of money, like, Daddy. I mean, who, who's turning down $400 million for like one year of playing in like some stupid league that nobody's going to watch? Like, I would do that. I'll go there in a heartbeat. I can, they, I, they can I pay can. me like 50 bucks. I'll go there. I can't so you see th- it happening. So you think he's chasing? You think, you think he'd be willing to chase the money over his legacy? Because I feel like the move for the MLS is more of a legacy move than it is a money, even though he's going to get paid. What are you talking ridiculous. about? Apple's going to give him crazy money. Uh, $400 million? I, 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 Ownership. I, I kind of I think he 
ends up going back to Barca, but just because like he he can't be happy with the way the Barca thing ended. Like he like and they're like actively like coming out and saying like we want to bring him back. Like La Liga's president is out there saying like we're working with Barca and try to help them bring him back. So I think they want to bring him back at least for one more year. Where does he go after that? I don't know, but I think he I would be surprised if Messi doesn't go back to Barca for at least one more year. Yeah. Well, I can see Barca more than Saudi Arabia. I just can't see that Saudi Arabia thing. Ronaldo didn't even last a year, full year there. He's I know. There for, like, <laughs> yeah. As a United fan, I was laughing the entire time about the whole Ronaldo thing where he was like, oh, it's such a competitive league. It's such a fun league. I'm so happy to be there. It's like, you liar. You win for the yeah. money and you hate it and you want to like get out of it as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think Messi might see that and be like, I can't do that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So we, this is a question we ask uh, every guest on from uh, another team. We kind of like to ask so, so that the Inter Miami fan base kind of get a feel for what it's like going. And actually, me and Chris wanted to go to Nashville. Oh, this year. Yes. Yes. And so we saw it was a weekday game, which crushed us because I'm dying to one, go to Nashville. And two, I, I mean, you're going to tell us now, but I, I know some of the traditions and stuff that you guys have, and I'm dying to be there in person. But I digress. If you could tell us, since you're obviously a Nashville fan and you've been there, is it a tailgate experience? Is it like bars around the stadium? Do you guys have any rituals? Like, what's the game day experience like in Nashville for a Nashville SC game? Yeah, so I mean that that's the main thing I try to do in like my YouTube videos with like uh, th- at the games. Just try to share the experience, so I can show people what it's like. Uh, uh, right now, like you know, we do have a good tailgate scene with like the supporters groups. They kind of always throw something together and like have a big party going for the games. Uh, I do wish we had a better like you know kind of bar restaurant scene around the stadium, but I think that's coming. Yeah, because we kind of built our stadium in, like an area of Nashville that is like needs development so it's like it it's mm. the whole basically they put the stadium there and it's like the idea is like we're gonna build around the stadium so right now the stadium's okay. there there's more to come um but like the supporters groups the backline collective is kind of like the unified name that they have for all our different supporters groups we've got the assembly we've got the roadies we've got uh yeah. la briga de Orta, we've got the East National Heaters. We've got like 15 different supporters groups and they all kind of collectively are known as a back backline supportive. They do a tailgate together and it's always awesome. Like it's just an awesome experience to like go there because like they have beer, food, whatever. You can just walk up and everybody's just like welcoming, like come on in. Like every time that we go there, there's always supporters from the other fans group there that are just like, we're there and then we're talking. We're like, hey, how's your team? You know, it's a fun experience because you get to talk and be like, because, you know, I think I MLS, I think we're still all kind of learning about each other at this point in time, especially course, like yeah. new teams like us and you guys in Miami. We're like, oh, what's your team like? You know, who are your – similar to this podcast, like right. what's your yeah. key players? You know, who's – you know, what are your key things? And like we have a couple – just have a couple, you know, empanadas, have some uh, brisket, have some biscuit sandwiches, and depending on what week it is. Um, but – the plan, I think long-term they're like developing the area around the stadium to build up some more bars, some more restaurants. Yeah. I always compare it to like, uh, if you guys are familiar with like Atlanta, the Braves, they built the new stadium for the Braves. And it's all from downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And so they basically just built a whole new city 
around their new stadium for the most part. And like, this is what we're going to do. And like, I think the Marlins did it too, where everybody was like, yes. we're going to move this team out of the city, but it's like, we're going to have way more cooler stuff around it because we're going to get it out of the city where it can be away from. This. And that's what they're trying to do with Nashville SC. So we're kind of in like the infancy of that, where it's like the stadium has been built, but the kind of infrastructure around the stadium is still kind of working its way up and stuff like that. But it, it the tailgates are always awesome. Um, a lot of people here have complained about the parking, but it's kind of like if you know where to park, you can figure out where to park. Well, then you have no problems. So like, yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, it's not that hard of a thing, but you, you got to know where to, to go. So, but it, it, it's been very cool so far. Geodis Park is awesome. Like, it, I hope you guys get a chance to come up here sometime because it's, it's great. Yeah, I can't wait to see to. what you guys do with your stadium because I know like that's coming soon. So, and uh, similar to what you just said, we're going to build bars and a bunch of stuff around the stadium yes. also so it's like a whole project it's not just a stadium yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, there's that, hotels it's supposed to be a business building it's i mean i don't know what's not gonna come with it yeah that, that seems to be the new thing with sports because we're also supposed to get a new stadium for the titans here uh that it's it, it's people have figured out like you don't just build the stadium you don't just build the stadium like in a random spot in a random town like you got to make everybody stick around and like have all the fun and stuff like that. Cause everybody's going to want to tailgate. Everybody wants a pregame or a post game, put it all there, all in the same place. So like, yeah, that's all coming soon. I'm excited to see like what you guys have. Like you guys said, you want to come up here. I want to go down there. Like I've never been to Miami. I would love to go to Miami, but I like, kind of want to wait till like the real stadiums there, you know? So I want to yeah. go down yeah. and see the real stuff. I'm a Phil Neville. I, I support Phil Neville. I don't know how much you guys like Phil Neville, but I'm a United fan, so I'm like, yeah, Phil Neville, yeah. Oh, Chris is a Phil Neville lover. Well, I'm not a lover, but I respect him as a coach, and he's doing a great job. They're passing. You. I don't been, care what you got to say, been, Esteban. They're passing you the checks. It's been a funny week for us because, like, we played Rooney at, at the weekend. Oh, that's we right, last Phil week. Neville. Yeah, it's like, yeah so, so we got the United-Everton mix just, like, all going nonstop for me. Um, so once you get into the stadium, I know that I've heard that it's like a it's like a concert atmosphere before the stadium gets started. You guys got the rift, was it? The guitar rift? Yeah, yeah, we yeah we've got a, a, a one of the traditions they've started for us is like we have a guitar riff where it's like a either a local musician or somebody who's in town or something like that plays like a guitar riff and just like shreds it and it's like right up to the kickoff it's like it's just a cool guitar riff and they blow the whistle kick the game off it makes for a lot of fun atmosphere it's kind of steering in the music city atmosphere kind of thing do you guys have fireworks during during that yeah sometimes we we've had them all season long last season it was like game to game i actually have a follower who's called like music city pyro who is uh one of the fireworks guys who works for the titans and for national oh, he always he always lets me know like you need to be there early for this game because we're about to blow it up for this game. So he he lets me know when there's going to be like extra special stuff going for the game. So like the, we've like uh, it's kind of funny with like Nashville C though because like you know with the Titan Stadium it's the more the open stadium so you can see the fireworks. But sometimes Nashville mm -hmm. C we've got kind of like the the awning so like sometimes you can't always see the fireworks because they're going off like and there's like a roof over you sometimes. Right, right over there. You hear this, Danny? I mean, they got a guy with pyro in his name popping off fireworks. The and thing literally is, yeah. all the people here, we did fireworks for like two seconds. And everybody almost brought the stadium down. FAA yeah. was almost called. 
Yeah, like, we, we, we our art supporters groups got in trouble for throwing up fireworks, but it's because oh, our shit. stadium is right next to an airport, so yes. you know, I can see that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah so. and, and there was actually a plane. Uh, it looked like a commercial, small little, you know, craft. It was flying right before game. You're a liar. The game started. I swear. I no, swear. I even brought Shut it up, up to Jose Shut in the up. last game. I said, no, "Look at that did. plane." How it's like. I swear to you, I'm going to take the picture next time. I promise you. Oh, are you saying just randomly or during yes. the fireworks? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like oh. this last game. It was flying I you like meant it right, before right before the kickoff. fireworks. Oh. oh no, 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 no. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, look, look at what Uncle Matt's talking about. They have a whole squadron popping off, you know. Well, it's a cool look. It's, 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 a, it's a good way it to is. get the, the stadium popping. It is. It is. See, I mean, look, you know, Esteban Dito's saying if they had a mascot, slide down each time a goal is scored. Banana for the Banana Republic way tense. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Esteban, I don't even know get out of here. coming up there. I didn't understand Why? what you're saying. I don't for those of you listening on audio. He's talking about with the Banana Republic. For those of you listening on audio, disregard that because we have no idea what that meant and you couldn't see it. It didn't make any sense reading it either. I don't know what you're talking about, Esteban. Um, all right. Well, I look, if you come down here, there's plenty of hot spots to go to. Um, Tootsie's being one of them and a, a bunch of other good spots to go and have fun. So I'm sure that you enjoy some of the South Florida traditions that we have down here. I mean, well, maybe not in the stadium. To- you guys got a Tootsie's down there? Oh, yeah. You guys got a Tootsie's up there? Tootsie's on Broadway. Tootsie's is Broadway, Nashville. <laughs> Tootsie's. Wait, what kind of Tootsie's are we talking about here? I think we might have the same Tootsie's. I think our... We, we, it, it is a flower. gentleman's club. Oh, okay. Never mind. It is a gentleman's club. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the Tootsie's here is on Broadway, and it, it is a honky-tonk. Type bar. Oh, listen, no, 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 no. The, t- the tootsies down here is, is uh it's a little different. It's a little different for sure. Listen, I've been like trying it. to I've been trying to get rid of this guys, uh, but I think that Uncle Matt is the perfect guest for this. I really want to know what his opinion is. They're they're making sure that I don't forget the question. So we're just gonna do I listen, Danny. We've been trying to stop it for a while, but it's just it's no, like I think, a, I, think, I think it's part of the show now. It's like an irresistible force, like we can't do we can't oh, turn can't it back. So here we go. We got some options here, Uncle Mad. We got, you know, five pieces of steak. We got six pieces of toast. And you need to make yourself a critical decision, my friend. So w- what are we picking here? It's got to be uh, top level. It's got to be two for the steak and four for the toast. Hey, those are good choices, Danny. It's respectable. Good, uh, I'd go three. Respect- I, want, I want a little less blood on my stuff, but, but I, I, I could see I could go with three. I mean, with the just, two, just just know, Uncle Mad, that the good thing is is that you are a guest that hasn't picked number six for the toast. We have one guest that I, has. I Marcus Rojo. <laughs> that's probably the only person that would ever pick that. <laughs> well, it, it, this guy that picked it, and we're never gonna let him live this down, are we, Danny? I mean, we no, should just no. retweet him every episode. And he doubled down too. He's like, I like yeah, it. I said, okay. He likes yeah. to eat ashes. It's all good. We kind of gave him the opportunity to squeeze out of it. And he said, no, 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 no. I love that kind of toast. Said, okay, yeah. we'll meet you at the barbecue next time. Look, Lucas is ready to travel to Nashville. He wants to check out the Tootsies in Nashville. <laughs> we right. found out it it's not the like same type of Tootsies. Like, yeah, it sounds like it's not the same type of Tootsies. 
Tootsies. No, Lucas. Get back in your car. Get back in. We have a get out of your car. We have a Tootsies on Broadway and a Tootsies at the airport. So you, that can tell you that it's not the same type of Tootsies that <laughs> they have one at the airport. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not the same type of Tootsies for sure. I don't think people would be making their flights if you had that kind of Tootsies next to the airport. Forget no. about it. Nope. No. That's, right. that's why I haven't done. That's why I haven't made it down to Miami for an away day. Get started. It's a, it's a good time. I'm telling you, this is a good time. Two floors, two floors. All right. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uncle Matt wanted to uh, thank you for having some fun with us, taking the time to join us and helping us preview uh, Nashville SC. Could you please tell the people where they can find you? Because obviously, you're very entertaining and a good listen. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. I do like kind of all kinds of just random stuff. I go to all the National C games. It's Uncle Mad with two Ds on on YouTube. I've got a Twitter account where I occasionally tweet stuff. It's Uncle underscore Mad with two Ds there. Yeah, so just basically Uncle Mad with two Ds anywhere you can find me. Okay, Chris. No, yeah, uh, the, I'm assuming you were going to get to the Steve Munoz uh, question. What's your favorite food slash dish before we ride out of the, into the sunset here? They like to judge our guests. Yeah, yeah. So far, you've so far you've you've passed the test, but I don't know if you've passed the Steve Munoz test. I mean, I'm, this is going to be kind of boring to a certain extent, but I mean, like, I don't think anything beats it like a well cooked ribeye steak. No, that's not a bad that's choice bad. at all. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's respectable. Oh, Chris, Chris, seems, nice, Chris seems disappointed. Some type of nice potato dish on the side, or the mashed potatoes, or steak frites. You know, if you you get a good cooked steak with some some type of potato dish, I I mean that's like the ultimate dish: meat and potatoes. How's how's the, the the concessions over in Nashville in the stadium? Because for us, if if I buy two drinks, I'm paying like fifty bucks. Too expensive, definitely too expensive. Okay. okay. But we've got a spot here at Nashville C at our stadium at Geodas Park. Shivanadas, empanadas, they are the best thing you will ever eat in your life. And they are not as expensive as some of the other spots, but these empanadas, they'll change your life. <laughs> That's what that, empanadas, that, like, empanadas in Tennessee better than Miami. Oof. I, I, We're going to have to make this trek just for that, Danny. A, there's some National Sea fans who are like Colombian that have said they're not as good as like, you know, real Colombian empanadas. And I cannot judge that because I've only had the empanadas, you know, in like right. certain restaurants. But I was like for stadium food, I would say. Oh, yeah. And they're not they're not as expensive compared to some of the others. Like, like, you know, you pay like eight dollars for empanadas as opposed to like six dollars for a hot dog. Which which of those is a better deal? You know, for sure. So like they might not be the best empanadas you'll ever have, but for stadium food, for something you get in a sporting event, I think they're just the best you can possibly go for. All right. So Matt, you are gonna come down here, I guess next year, because you probably won't be here next next Wednesday. You're gonna come down here and we're taking you out to Tootsies and we're gonna have some empanadas right after. Yeah, let me let me let me just uh, double check with my wife, make sure that's all okay. And, oh, you know, we'll she she'll have a great time too. <laughs> she probably would. You you joke? There, there, my there's, wife no, I'm not joking. Home. A bunch of couples go out there. 
my wife has had fun. I think my, up there. I think my yeah. wife would be more willing to go to Tootsie's than me. So she's definitely would be on board for that. <laughs> She'd probably Listen, be a- like, I'll go, my wife would probably be like, I'll go to Tootsie's. You go to the soccer game and come pick me up after yes. the soccer game. Tootsie's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a sponsored trip to Tootsie's by the battered hair on. So look forward to that guys and meet us out Yo. there. If, if, and when it ever happens. Well, again, thank you guys in the chat for joining us. And, you know, as always, you guys are the best part of the show, joining us all the way to the end. If you're on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. And uh, Chris, as always, I hate you. Uh, Uncle Matt, thank you again for joining us. It was a great time. And uh, actually, I don't know when we're going to be back. Because on Wednesday, when we usually record, there's going to be a game going on. Thursday, uh, it's Chris's daughter's birthday. So I don't know if we'll be on Thursday. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I don't know. We might have to skip an episode. Well, you know what? Know. We're gonna put it. We're gonna put it up on Twitter. Any, uh, all of you guys that are still listening, chime in. Let us know if you would rather have us record after the game on Wednesday night or not have it live on Thursday morning. So let us I'm know. Not, I don't think I understood that, but I'm sure that they'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much again, Uncle uh, Mad. I was about to say Ed. Uncle Matt and uh, everybody for listening. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch you maybe this week, maybe next week. I don't know. Either way, have a good one, and let's get this dub.